Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? To inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 273. Today's guest is sharing with you her freedom framework in which you can learn how to predict, dictate, and define your ideal outcomes. Welcome to today's episode. I brought on Renee Bauer. Renee, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Sure. I am from Connecticut, although I'm a Boston girl at heart, and I have a Boston accent to go along with it. I am a divorce lawyer and a writer, and I have um, a podcast myself. Well, and I would think especially during the COVID and quarantine times, it, it seems like divorces are popping up. Is it more than usual, or are you noticing Yeah, so it quieted down for a little bit. I think everyone just, it was so new and no one knew what to do and no one was taking any action. But now that things are um, slowly kind of um, coming back to a normal rhythm, even if it looks very different than before, people are starting to recognize that if they're not happy, um, they still need to take action because the, the problem or whatever issues in the relationship aren't going away. Yeah. Well, on that note, something we've talked about previously that I really want to dive into is it is so easy to get stuck in the trap of seeking external validation or external conditions to fix an inside job. So I'd love to dive into that and and your experience with that. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I look at this from the lens of divorce because that's the space that I work in professionally, but I also think that you can really apply this to anything. And the um, the way I talk about it with clients who come to me or someone that I coach through the divorce process is I talk about their mindset and what I call the freedom framework. And the questions that you ask yourself are going to determine and dictate what the outcome looks like. So what I mean by that is when someone comes to me, I can very easily predict whether they're going to be someone who just survives their divorce or adversity or will thrive through it. And that's based on how they talk to themselves and the questions that they're asking. So for example, the person who really gets stuck and the person who's just kind of um, scrambling and trying to survive is asking questions that sound like, how am I going to afford to pay my bills or how am I going to live? And what they're doing is they're looking for an external answer. So they're going to turn to their lawyer, they're going to turn to their soon-to-be ex-spouse to find to provide answers to these questions. Compared to the person who thrives, they're going to ask the questions of what can I do 
to make sure that I can pay my bills after all of this? Or what can I do to make sure that um, I'm okay through whatever challenge that they're going through? And the difference is they're looking internally and they're saying, what can I personally do to make sure that I'm okay at the end of this? And that's the difference between that external and you're sitting back waiting for someone to resolve your your problems and give you the answers versus providing the answers yourself. And something that came to mind, even kind of a visual while you were sharing that is it's somebody, you know, in the moment when they're going through a difficult time, it's feeling despair and defeat. And the questions, how, how makes you feel lost and out of control. Whereas the person who's going to thrive hopefully can relate to or connect to a higher power and have trust and faith in the process and just maybe you don't understand what you're going through, but there's a reason, but also taking a hundred percent responsibility for your current reality. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and that goes to the blame game. And so in any challenge that you have, it's so easy to turn to, to an external source and say, well, this is the reason why this is happening. This is the reason why my house is in foreclosure. or This is the reason why this relationship didn't work or why I lost my job. And rather than look inside and say, well, the reason why I lost my job might have been because of this. And using each of those challenges or bumps in the road as opportunities to grow from that. Um, No one's perfect. We all have made mistakes. We've all messed up. We've all had failures. And it's what you do with that. Do you blame someone else for it? Or do you look at it and say, what can I take away from this and bring that to the next experience that I have? And I think that that's a huge difference in those two personalities. And and really the person who who, um, figures things out and figures how to keep moving forward versus the person who keeps looking back in the past and gets stuck or eventually like walks into a wall because they're too busy looking back and blaming. Pardon the interruption. Do you ever feel lost or find yourself stuck in a rut? You want change. Maybe it's more money, better relationships, your health, etc. But you don't know where to start. I get it. I've been there. If you're ready to take the leap and actually make change and progress in your life, I offer a free discovery call to see if my one-on-one coaching program is right for you. Visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching for more information and to schedule your call. Now back to regular programming. Okay. Two questions on that note. The first one I'll ask, cause you, you just stated it was, um, it's so easy to look in the rear view mirror or to play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game or how it could have played out differently. The mm-hmm. fact is it, it played out exactly how it was supposed to. Right. So how do you shift people or what is your advice to shift your mindset from all the woulda, coulda looking back to forward focus on how can I, how do I want to be better? How do I want better experiences? How do you make that shift? You know, that's, it's a great question. And I always believe, and this kind of goes to my root core belief system, that 
everything is happening to clear the path for something else. So if you um, get rejected from every job that you've applied for, if you're looking for something, well, that's because none of those jobs were the right ones for you in order to open those doors to something else. And so that when you clear out all of that, then what really... um, you need in your life and what um, is the universe should be bringing into your life is can come in because now you you've cleared that path. So all of those failures and rejections and bumps and challenges are there for a purpose and they serve a purpose. And so I think just adopting that mindset will help you to um, not get stuck with every failure or rejection that comes your way. And so, you know, we all know those people where something happens and it can really just paralyze them and prevent them from moving forward. And it's, it's allowing that to say, okay, you know what, that happened. So what's next? And, you know, I like to use the example of I'm a writer. And on my writing journey, part of getting published is trying to get an agent. Well, trying to get an agent is in a beautiful exercise of accepting rejection because you get rejected so much and so frequently that at times I had, you know, sometimes four or five rejections coming in my inbox every single day. And so you can either throw in the towel, say, that's it, I'm never writing another word, or you can keep moving forward to the point where you find the right agent or the right publishing company who's going to be the biggest champion of your work. Um, And so it's, you know, it's a really, you really have to be mindful about recognizing that those are not, um, they're, they're stumbling blocks so that you can really get to the point where, where you're supposed to be. Well, and I think the most important part there is it's a choice and to, as long as you're clear on your end goal, a quote that I've lived by for years now, especially, I mean, it's so easy to watch people get completely derailed at the end of a a relationship Mm -hmm. or you were to get fired or or laid off or whatever, because people take it so personal. Right. And I remember one time showing up for a first date and I got stood up. Trust me, that was an extremely humbling experience. I never want someone to experience that. But also from that day forward, I have lived by rejection is redirection. Yeah, and so beautiful. I always think of something, no matter, sure, I want something to go a certain way, but it may not. But it's always, I always think of it also like this. It's this or something better. Yeah. So again, I think it's the way you phrase it and your perspective and, but it's choosing rejection is redirection. And then it's always like, Oh, I get excited. It's more like, Oh, I wonder, I wonder who I'm going to meet instead. Or for you, I wonder what agent who's gonna, you know, what Avenue this will lead me down. And so I think it's, it's just trusting and having fun with it. And I think not taking life so seriously. Yeah. And it's creating a habit too, because you have to consistently think like that and have those conversations with yourself, not just every once in a while, it's every day you have to have those conversations in order for them to be really become part of you and become part of your thought process. Well, and something you touched on that maybe what you, you just tied in there was the whole, the conversations we're having internally, because I know, especially working with clients and even conversations I have with friends and family is most people's internal dialogue is I'm not enough. I suck Mm -hmm. at this. 
this is hard. I'm never going to get there. But it's it is it's habits. So how do you rewire your habits, and how do you how do you flip your internal dialogue to serve you? You know, I I that, that's a that's a difficult question to answer, and I think it's so individual. Um, and I can speak from my own experience. So relationships is a great topic um, for me to share personally. So. I'm twice divorced. And at one point after that second divorce, my thought process was, that's it. I suck at relationships. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going just to get a lot of rescue dogs and live, you know, happily ever after and call it a day. Um, And so, uh, but I really, what I used it, that as an opportunity instead of kind of just hanging up my hat on relationships and saying, okay, now that I know what doesn't work, um, in for relationships or now when I know what I've done wrong, um, cause everyone there takes two to tango and it, everyone plays a role in this. It's what can I do, um, moving forward for the next one? How can I better communicate what I need from a relationship? How can I trust my gut and make better choices relying on my own intuition? Um, you know, so it's those, it's taking the, that failure and taking those moments where you can say, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, um, and saying, okay, what what can I do with that to change that conversation? And, and it's not that I'm not lovable, it's that I haven't um, connected with the right person or I haven't communicated um, what I need, you know? And so all of these examples are opportunities to really have a different conversation with yourself. And I think it's trial and error. I don't think you can just flip a switch and say, okay, now I'm going to change the conversation. I think you have to um, just day in and day out have these conversations. And I like to, you know, for me, I did a lot of reading. I meditated. I did yoga. You know, it was putting all of those things into action and taking small actionable steps that just helped clear my mind and bring me a little bit more centered and grounded and focused so I could allow my voice to really speak and not let all of the the noise and chatter um, kind of clog up the message that um, I really needed to hear, which was really within me the whole time. It was, it's all the external, it's the social media that, you know, that brings all of the doubt and all of our photo filtered and Photoshop lives that makes you doubt yourself. But if you just turn out the noise and sit quietly and just be, um, the, the real voice can come through. Well, and I think most impor- importantly, what you shared there was self-care, which is necessary and mm-hmm. that you changed your focus. And so I'm curious if, if you want to chat about it, what did you learn that you know, from the, your past relationships that you want to take into your next one? Or, you know, was it for me personally, when I, I took time off between ending my engagement and, you know, I dated some here or there, but ultimately it was, I need to show up as the best version of me to attract yeah. that ideal partner. So what is it that you learned and, and how, what would you do different? Yeah. um, And so what I've learned from that is that me personally, so I'm a divorce lawyer and I am conflict adverse. So I will try to avoid conflict in my personal life. um, And that's something that I became very aware of. And so what happens when you do that is you compromise your own needs and you compromise everything about yourself and who you really are, because um, it's easier to rather than 
then rock the boat. Um, and so now I'm remarried and I have figured all of those things out. And, you know, my husband and I can sit down and have conversations and have conversations, okay, about you know, communication and needs and things like that. Um, and it does, maybe maybe the boat gets rocked a little bit, but the boat's sturdy. So, you know, that's okay. That, that only strengthens the relationship and the bond. Um, it doesn't have to capsize the boat or turn it over. And I think that that fear of um, conflict almost in the other relationships um, you know, caused this, what happened was this ripple effect of resentment. And, um, you know, so from my perspective, of course, there's always a host of things that happen in any relationship that doesn't go well. But um, that was what I learned from all of that and what my, what I contributed to the downfall of those. And so that's something that beyond relationships, I mean, it can go in any relationships or any communication with anyone, with family, with relatives, with, with friends, um, when you're not communicating what you need and you're not communicating how you feel about something, um, that's when you're sacrificing yourself. Would that be your key piece of advice you would give for anyone in relationship? Yeah, so I have I have a stepdaughter and I think she had posted something on social media. It was like um, and it was if you're 35 and over, what advice would you give to someone in their early 20s? And, and, And that was my advice. It was don't sacrifice yourself. Um, for a relationship and really the beauty of bringing your whole self to a relationship exactly the way you are um, is really what makes that relationship so much stronger and you know communication is is everything um, and you you sit down and you have those those hard uncomfortable conversations because those are the ones that have to be had and those are the ones that really save relationships but a lot of people don't like having them and that can go to conversations about money conversations you know, that's something that a lot of women don't like to talk about. It's uncomfortable. They don't want to know what's going on in the finances or they don't want to ask the questions and they should be asking those questions. You know, I find, and I, I mean, I'm happy to share personal things as well. When it comes to relationships and having those difficult conversations, I'm currently dating someone who is very emotionally intelligent, extremely good with communication to the point that sometimes I get uncomfortable and he calls it don't myrtle, which means turtle go into my shell when something gets uncomfortable. I know we both know the Jennings, which I'm stoked for their conversation, but you know, people retaliate, repress or retreat. So Mm -hmm. I tend to retreat because it's uncomfortable and I don't want to talk about it where he, it's about creating that safe space space of stability and safety and no judgment so that we can talk it out. And then it's like, oh, it's such an, if I think people talk about, you know, internal dialogue and mindset shift, if people would understand that relationships are such an opportunity for growth and that when you're triggered to feel it so you can move on and not have to experience it anymore. Absolutely. And and it also is a really good indicator of a, what a healthy relationship is and is not. And if you can't have those conversations and if you can't communicate and feel safe having those uncomfortable conversations, then that might be a sign that there either work has to be done 
Um, and maybe it has to be done in a professional setting, or maybe this isn't the best relationship for you to be in because you are repressing your feelings and you're not, you're, you don't have, you don't trust that you can bring that information to the table and that's, it's going to be received. Yes. Agreed. Okay. So question for you from what we, wait, I, I want to ask you about this first before I go there. Something you shared with me is that you have to consciously acknowledge your thoughts that don't serve you and then make small actionable steps to change it. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, so we all have these conversations every single day. Um, i most women I know are really hard on themselves and for their, their body image and, you know, something as simple as having, um, talking negatively about yourself. And, and that could be, I need to lose 10 pounds or I don't like this about myself or I don't like that. You know, those are, those are conversations that are really demoralizing. So, um, and I, 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 to be able to switch that up, I say make the conscious decision to reverse that. So rather than have that, when you when you that when that thought creeps in, you have the different thought, and you say, um, "What do I love about myself? You know, I love this. I love that I can do this. I love that I can go to the gym and lift this. Not the conversation of oh, oh, I wish this fit me differently. So it's really about. Um, recognizing that thought when you have it, that's not serving you. And we all know what that is. It doesn't feel good. And it's, you know, and it it almost can become a, um, on a hamster wheel of once you start one negative thought, it's easy to keep going to the next and the next and the next. And it's recognizing that thought and saying, okay, this, this thought is only going to bring me down the path that of negativity. And instead I want to come out or change that. And now you're choosing a positive thought. And I like to actually refer to, um, Gabby Bernstein, um, has this thought, this, this, um, this framework that she talks about is choosing again. So when you have that one, a negative thought, you choose another one and then you choose the next good thought. And so that becomes habit. And, um, and some of that is you have to recognize it, you know, and that requires some self-awareness is not just letting the day. I had a horrible day. It was awful. Someone cut me off and just, you know, going through the whole day saying that the day happened to you. It's Mm -hmm. saying, well, wait a second. That was one moment in the day. That was 30 seconds. That's not going to ruin my entire day. So I'm going to choose another thought and I'm going to recognize something that's going really well so that that becomes the overarching theme of the day. So we have complete control over where our thoughts go and how they land. Question, because I wrote this down and I, I want to see if you would agree. I, I thought of what you were sharing there, a three-step process. So when this internal dialogue is negative or you know going down, I call it going down the rabbit hole, Mm-hmm. I, it seems that the three-step process may be to be aware, to acknowledge the thought and then to replace it. Ah, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think the acknowledging is the biggest piece of it though. You know, that's the one I think that most people, everyone knows that they're, they're in a bad mood or that something happened that they didn't like, but it's acknowledging that that's just one negative thought. And so then what do you do with that? And that's the, you know, that's the, we're at the fork in the road. What do you do with that thought? Do you let it continue on? So at the end of the day, you're walking into your house and slamming down your bag and you're like, oh, it was awful. Or are you just 
you're going down the other one, the path, and you're going to, you're going to pick something else. Well, and even on that note, on acknowledging it's what meaning do you attach to that thought? Mm. That's where it really goes deep. Because thoughts are just that. It's just, my mom taught me early on when I, when I started meditating is, you know, because people think meditation is this quiet space with no thoughts. And I'm like, uh, that it was the opposite for me. My mind would race. And so my mom taught me to think of thoughts as clouds and let them pass by. So if we don't attach any meaning to I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, what then you, that won't, create this belief, this disempowering belief system. They're just thoughts. Let them go. Right. Right. And sometimes they might linger a little bit over your head longer than necessary, but eventually they'll move on. Yeah. Okay. So then question for you, what is a key takeaway you want listeners to get from this interview? It's that you have all of the power and control to predict, dictate, and define your outcome. And so that means that life doesn't happen to you. Um, You're not the victim. It just, you're not just um, something, an actor in all of this. You are the one who can actually change it. You can direct it. And that means taking actionable steps. And that means doing things and um, changing those thoughts. And you have the power to do that. And that, that. that's just empowering because it's not, it's, you know, you have control over it. It's not outside of us. It's not the thing you need to constantly seek for. It's right here with you. You have it. Yes. I love that. Okay. So a couple questions for you to wrap up the interview. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Um, So I have, um, I believe it's Eleanor Roosevelt that said some version of do something every day that scares you. Um, and I paraphrased it. And I'm sure she said it more eloquently. But what I love about that is what it means is be uncomfortable. So do things that make you uncomfortable. And for me, like public speaking is this love-hate relationship. Like it makes me so uncomfortable and I love it, but I will continue to do it. So it's like, I will never turn down an opportunity to put myself in that situation. Um, My son was having um, difficulty in baseball one year and he was afraid of getting hit by the ball because it kept happening. And I stuck that quote up on his wall because it's, it's scary. I get it, but do it anyway. You know, so it's just, it's for, force yourself to do uncomfortable things. And that's what it means to me. And it's something that I live by. That's where the growth is for sure. Right. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Oh, so, um, oh, there's so many. I loved the book, um, You're a Badass, and I loved the book Untamed. So those are kind of like the self-help books that really felt empowering to me. Um, and it really um, meshed with everything that we're talking about. It was really just that mindset and that doing those uncomfortable things. Um, I am reading a book right now by a friend who is a writer called The Perfect Marriage, which is a murder mystery. Um, and it just got released yesterday and it's wonderful too. Oh, awesome. The one, uh, Jen Sincero, she wrote, you are a badass and you are, yeah. she has this whole series. You are a badass. Yes. And what I love about Jen is she's so real and raw and she's pretty dry mm-hmm. humor. She's funny. 
but she came from a very scarcity mindset that life sucks and she was like barely getting by. And then what I understand, I'm pretty sure she's a student of A Course in Miracles. That's what her teachings yes. are from. And so she realized, like you touched on, that the power is within, that she changed her thoughts and she changed her focus from scarcity to scarcity to abundance. And now she's killing it. Yeah, right. So and, we, and you know what? It, it's that law of attraction because it's once you allow that and you open yourself up to it, it is like it works and it will keep just rolling in. And, and in terms, I'm not talking about money. I'm trying, talking about everything, everything yeah. that is, you know, in, in your universe that you want out of it. Um, and, you know, I have a very specific um, example about that. And I, when I started my podcast, I wrote a list of certain people who I wanted to have on my podcast. And Every single one of them um, in the past two or three weeks, I've made a connection with and some are lined up to be interviewed. And it was just like opening the the door to it and staying in a really positive place. Um, Just it's like a magnet. And, and it just, it attracts it. So yes, absolutely. And once you sort of act from a place of scarcity, then everything kind of shuts down and all of a sudden that becomes the, the, um, what magnifies. So you really have to be conscious about staying open and just allowing the universe to do its thing because it will come. 100%. I couldn't agree more. I love, yeah, love this stuff. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? (sighs) Um, That is a great question. It would be to not be so concerned about um, what other people think. And that goes to so much of what we talked about with that external force. I think that often at when I was younger in my teens and in my 20s, I was very concerned about who thought what and what conversations that they might be having. And none of it matters. You know, it's, it's your people are your people and you'll find those people and those people are going to be supporters and cheerleaders and um, the critics are going to be there. And I think Brene Brown actually says it best. It's like the people in the arena with you are the ones you want to listen to, not the ones spectating who have kind of a whole lot to say. Of course, she said that a lot nicer, but that that concept of, um, of just finding your people and tuning out the external noise. Yes, for sure. Renee, thank you so much for joining me today for this interview. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube. Guess what? You got it, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>